a Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey everybody, welcome to the RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. Thank you once again for joining me here today. It's going to be a little bit something different. Um, I'm working on some off-road style podcasts. So I have none other in the desert oasis of my home since my studio is not quite finished. We're laying in the living room. Uh, well, I shouldn't say laying. Cody's not spread around laying around but uh <laughs> cody webb red bull ktm is that what we're calling you uh fmf ktm red bull racing team we'll go with that fmf red bull ktm racing teams cody webb thank you for stopping by yeah it just kind of worked out conveniently got king of motos this weekend and i'm trying to find a couch to sleep on and you know he bargained me with being on the podcast so i gladly accepted yeah i'm, I'm sure uh you come in here, and then you doing this podcast, that's worthy of a dinner and a bed, so that's that's fine. Yeah, I'm, I appreciate it, and just happy to be on here. I've heard about it, and I confess that I haven't listened to a podcast <laughs> that's yet. That's some bullshit. <laughs> but I, we, did, we did talk a little bit. But I'm being part little, of it. Yeah, well he, I'll say, when you're in the industry, and you don't really want to know, like, Cody's riding for KTM, so he doesn't want to know about a Yamaha or Kawasaki, so I get it. So hopefully, other people want to know about Cody Webb that come here, and they can learn more about you. So we might dive into some personal things. So <laughs> you're smiling at me because so you kind of know where I'm going with this. But maybe if if you decide not to answer, you can just say pass, and we'll just keep move, keep the whole interview moving along. Okay. <laughs> so let's how start many, from how the, many passes are, am I allowed here? Three, three passes. Okay. Okay. So you get three. I'm going to count them. I got a notepad. Um, start from the beginning, I guess. I honestly I didn't know much about you because you come from a trials background. But for the people out there that don't know where you came from, how you grew up, how you got started in racing, fill us in on that. Yeah, so, you know, I'm kind of not your normal off-road racer. I came from a child's background, and my dad used to actually compete in the U.S. National Trial Series back in the day, and he didn't start riding until he was about 12 years old just because the neighbors he grew up next to rode, and he uh, he kind of had the same thing in mind for me, wait till. I was around 12, just like him, before I got a motorcycle and, you know, traveling to the events. Naturally, I kind of just ended up on two wheels riding with uh, without my training wheels, I guess, at two years old, so I kept getting stuck in potholes, and my dad got tired of having to push me out, so he just took the training <laughs> wheels off. And, you know, it's just been full go from there, and, you know, grew up on a Honda Z50, like probably a lot of people, yeah. PW50 also. And and you grew up in NorCal? Yeah, nice. Northern California. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up on kind of the staple of what kids ride. And, you know, from there I moved up to uh, 80cc trials bike because that's what my dad did and that's what I wanted to do. So I rode, I rode trials exclusively. That's pretty much all I did. And when I was 10 years old, I started riding the U.S. National Trial Series. and 10? Yeah. Oh, wow. And they actually didn't even have a class for me because I was too young to ride the Nationals. So you ride with older adults. So, yeah, so there's a high school class, and it was, it's from, like, age 12 to 16. Okay. 
and there was like a kind of an argument with the AMA. They didn't want me to ride because I wasn't of age in the high school class. And my dad's like, all right, well, I'll put him in sportsman then. There's no age group for that. Right. And, you know, I ended up riding the high school class for a couple of years. And Well, where does the trials, like, series take you? Like, is it all around? Is it all the United States? Yeah, so they have a North American Trials Council. Okay. And every year, they're always kind of looking in advance where to put events. So, you know, there's... They're kind of all over the place. I mean, we had a motorhome and a trailer, and we've driven to Pennsylvania, Tennessee. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, and, you know, it used to be whole family trips where everyone's going and, you know, be gone for two weeks at a time. So I was really fortunate that my dad would uh, take me around and do that stuff. And he was still competing, too, but he didn't even really care. You know, he would... I, my time would start before him, and I would usually wait till he would go out, and then we'd ride together and he would help me you know he he definitely uh was out there to support me it wasn't really for himself he felt like he already had his time and right i guess he saw potential that in me to you know get to the top and when do you think you that your dad realized you know i mean i see this with my son i guess my son's 12 and he rides moto with me but he always says, hey, I'm, I'm going to be better than you one day. <laughs> so I guess my question is, when was the time that you felt you were better than your dad? At what age, you think, in trials? I think I started getting better than my dad, probably around the age of 13, I would say. You know, he he didn't really ride that much anymore. When I was 10, I really wasn't that good. It was like my goal to beat. I still remember the guy. He was Holly Slayton. He was riding the senior 70 class. His name's Holly Slayton? Holly Slayton. That's not a dirt bike name. No, that's like it's a, not. It's that's a like an X-rated name. It's awesome. <laughs> but uh, he was like, it was my goal just to beat him. He was like the one, he was like the first person I beat. I mean, but, you know, I was just 10 years old, just, you know, I didn't even ride with gloves because I don't if if anyone's seen my dad's, he's got like the world's biggest hands of anyone. So he like gloves never fit him. And I guess, uh, you know, he didn't find it that, you know, I needed gloves. So I rode for like the first, Really? I don't know. I didn't even start wearing gloves till I was probably 10. So there was no uh, best dress or lit kit back then. No, <laughs> my lit kit was a sports authority shirt oh, nice. with my, like just web heat transferred on the back and like some Fox racing 180 pants or something oh, like that's that. That's so awesome. So then you you ride in trials. I had boots. I had all that mattered. Boots. But you got trials helmet, boots, you know? or was it like, trials boots? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know anything about trials boots until I actually tried a trials event, and I think that's the first time I actually saw you and knew, kind of knew, started asking questions about you from Shan Moore because I guess he used to shoot that stuff a lot, and I was up at Donner with um, me and Chris Dennison, and I I saw you and the, the shit that you would do it was like mind blown like I couldn't even imagine so before we move on you piss me off as a rider because I, I think I've told you this before I watch you ride I go to these endurocross events where I watch you trials event I watch your, your your videos and I can't fathom what you do on a dirt bike it pisses me off like I feel like I'm good on a dirt bike and then I go moto I'm like dude I'm fast I'm good I'm 40 years old but I can ride really good then I watch you ride and I'm like I can't do shit dude I need to work on some skills it's it's I, so I guess trials taught you all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go say I'm super fast in moto. I didn't grow up doing that. I'm not comfortable doing it. I've, I've gotten way better. But, you know, being a trials rider, it's just really kind of helped so much with finding rear end traction and using your brakes. 
and your clutch and throttle control. I mean, it takes your ability to use the clutch and throttle to a whole nother level. And, you know, when you're riding trials, you see everyone kind of hopping on the rear tire. And, you know, when I go into the enduro cross races now and there's a long gnarly rock section or something, mm-hmm. I can, I can just look and there's a hole there. I can unweight and like hop and transfer over, like, you know, eight inches to the right and land on a different rock to, and stay out of the holes. And, you know, I think riding trials, you're always aware of the, where the rear tire is on the ground. You don't want to be braking traction and you get really good with the clutch and throttle and i'm like semi-ambidextrous so maybe maybe that helps i'm not sure so you when you corner left or right it doesn't matter you can corner as good uh i think everyone's like everyone's usually better turning left because you can always use the rear brake a little bit and drag it so i'm probably like normal people when it comes to that that'd be cool to be that way like right with the left hand or right hand that'd be that'd be pretty cool so when was the first time you won your championship trials talk us through that like i know you several time ama champion and uh how did that all come about? You win a championship and then, you know, keep coming back and doing it again. Yeah, so in trials, I didn't really win very many, like, of the premier class championships. I was always battling against Pat Smodgy. Mm-hmm. And um, when I I won the high school national championship before I actually got into high school. And then the next year I rode expert and I won that championship. And then I moved up to pro when I was 15, I think, or something like that. And... Um, as Ryan Jeff Aaron, ten time himself, right? Yeah, and I kind of felt like I was going to be the next guy in line. And the, Jeff's retirement season was 2006, so 12 years ago now. Oh wow! And uh, I had a horrible start to the season, and then the second half of the season, I won a couple races, a couple of the trials events. I think I got my first win that year. Now, does the trials guy make money when you win? Uh, I mean, you can make like 500 bucks. So or the like. purse is really Yeah, the, I think they actually have like a pro purse now, which is which is cool. But when I was riding, there wasn't a, at that time, They at the end of my career, they had a pro purse, which is, I mean, it's really cool. You know, you can make, uh, you know, a bonus money from the team, but it's not that much and a small championship bonus and small salary. So basically... Uh, you know, I, I still love trials. It's awesome. It just doesn't get the respect it deserves. It deserves. No. And then I started seeing all this enduro cross stuff, and started branching out. Everyone was doing good. At, like people I'd beat at the trials events was like getting podiums and stuff on their trials bikes, and I was like, I could do that stuff. Yeah. So we're gonna get to the enduro cross part, but what I what I kind of want people to know that maybe they don't know about you is you went to school, went to public school, right? And went to uh, college, or yeah, I went to. I went to uh, private school growing up. I, I I was raised Catholic, but I I don't know. I went to church so much when I was in school that I don't like going to church. So now anymore. you're recovering Catholic. <laughs> I'm a recovering Catholic. <laughs> it was too much. <laughs> so he's a recovering Catholic. You went to college to be a mechanical engineer, and you graduated right last year. Yeah, I graduated two thousand. Yeah, May two thousand sixteen. Okay. And for your mechanical engineering degree. Yeah, mechanical engineering. While you were racing full-time. Yep, I don't know how I did it, but it makes you appreciate your time a lot more when you're not going to school and yeah. put the work in. And I know you did a, a your project, so I've been working with Alta for several years, and we would keep in contact a little bit about that. But then you send these pictures of this monstrosity that you built <laughs> at your house. It doesn't look like a monster. It looks pretty clean. <laughs> but uh, tell us a little bit about what you did there. Yeah, so... 
you know, with engineering degrees, I'm sure with all mo- most other types of degrees, you got to do some type of senior project. And we had a couple different ideas, and I don't know, just for some reason, an electric dirt bike came to mind, and there was kind of a, a group of us that. For for sure, like me and another dude, he was a street bike guy, but, you know, we had a connection with a bunch of the same clashes, motorcycles, right. so um, we were kind of together, and there was another group of misfits that couldn't really fit in any group, so we ended up discussing different ideas, and I was like, well, friggin' let's, I know enough companies to get some product or So what all did you or, have to get, like, in, to, to get that thing buttoned up and to work? Um, to work? Yeah, you know, we had to scour craigslist and get a blown yz250 uh-huh. and got that for i think like 700 bucks or something like that nice. and then i talked to alta i think i got your contact from them yep or their contact from you mm-hmm. and talked to alta but their their battery pack runs at like 320 volts or i don't remember what it was but it was going to be a ridiculous amount of batteries we'd have to <laughs> so like okay, settle down but, and like with that much amperage that goes to those motors and that high volt, I, mean, I didn't want to die that easily. Right. So, you know, I grew up in NorCal. Alta's farther north of me, but zero motorcycles that kind of was on the scene there for a while. And now they kind of just do like street and right. almost commuter style stuff. Um, you know, I went, I reached out to them and they had actually sponsored a lot of, I went to San Jose State University and they already sponsored a lot of like the, electric mini f1 stuff oh no shit for different projects yeah. so and they were definitely on board and i had ridden with some or like seen them out on mountain biking trails and stuff by my house before and they uh they donated us a controller a motor controller the motor and like miscellaneous wiring scraps laying around because i mean it's it's some big gauge wire that takes yeah. that much current so basically uh, on our side of things was we kind of had design and controls aspect behind the project. We had to somehow fit this big old motor controller with this huge heat sink somewhere in the frame. Oh, indeed. And then we made motor mounts out of aluminum and like a separate jack shaft system because we couldn't is get it, the Is it on your sprocket. Instagram or anything? I posted it a while ago. It's kind of deep. You in guys Instagram out there somewhere. listening to this, check out Cody Webb's Instagram. And you can tell me if it's a monstrosity or not. I mean, it's a gnarly piece of machinery. Yeah, I think we spent $900 on RC car batteries and wired them all together. We only wired one battery to itself and almost exploded it. Start <laughs> start to finish, how long did it take? Uh, this, I mean, it's a year-long thing, and, you know, you you get all pumped and... The teachers like have timelines when you need stuff, so you do a bunch of stuff right off the bat, and then you don't really do much or, uh, before the fir- end of the, that right. first semester. <laughs> but I was taking controls at the time, so I was I learned a bunch just in terms of the motor and the controller right. aspect of it because I was the only one in the project on that class, so that was kind of what I took over. Mm-hmm. And then that second semester, it was you know a couple months of just piecing it together and uh hanging out till dark behind my buddy's house under a little balcony and and some some beer was involved Ah, that's a good time right there so in in finished product it worked yeah it worked i think we rode uh 12 or 15 miles i don't know and we i on one charge 
Yeah, nice. but it was like pretty. We weren't on a moto track and just trails. Yeah, because when we first got it running, I was, of course you know I had to test it out and I did a wheelie and I like <laughs> I <laughs> torqued the whole motor and like <laughs> we had to like redo all the frame mounts and tighten them again. So um, we learned our lesson and we had like these little this jack shaft thing with bearings on it and it was slotted bearings so the bearings could move a little bit and yeah. what happened was that wasn't quite tight enough and it like. And the, and the slots moved and torqued. And oh my god! So I was like, after that, we're like, all right, guys, we just got to ride this thing around and right. actually make it presentable project. Yeah, this is past this part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, it was cool. Like when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is this is serious business. I think we went fifty-two miles an hour on that thing. Really? Yeah, that's impressive. So I think the Alta, I think the fastest I've had the Alta was sixty-one. Yeah. So so backyard project with beer. Wow. It's pretty impressive. A lot of shit you can do with that. Yeah. (laughs) Little knowledge and some alcohol. Just don't jump it because I I (laughs) wasn't ready for that. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So Alta, if you're listening, hey, when Cody's done racing, be smart. Hire this guy. You know, he could, uh, he won't drink on the job, but he'll get some shit done for you guys. (laughs) So moving on to Enduro Cross, you know, you won championships and trials. You said, hey, I want to try something different. What was your first year in Enduro Cross? I rode Enduro Cross Vegas 2007 on a trials bike. Okay, trials cross class. Yeah. Oh well, they didn't even have. Tri- it was all just one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you could thing. just run what you run. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? How'd you do? Uh, I was one position away from qualifying into the main event. Okay. They like used to have the water holes really deep. Yeah. And it was last lap in the LCQ, and I was leading, and I submerged my bike. Oh shit! In the water hole, and then. In the next corner, John Dowd just like, I think I don't think he knew. I was just like there with my bike off. <laughs> he just creamed me, trying to take me out because it was right before the finish. And then his front wheel got stuck in my uh, in my foot peg or something. And Damon Huffman was went from third to first. What year was that? Oh seven, dude. Am I wrong? It was back then. The tracks gnarly. I think. I mean, to me, they were way gnarlier. Yeah. Like, I remember watching that 2012 stuff. 2012 had a couple of gnarly, year, gnarly races, too, and then they've kind of mellowed sped them up and mellowed them out, trying to get more amateurs. And, you know, this year they had the Pulp yeah, sponsored that thing. Yeah, was a shit show. And, uh, I mean, it made me feel better about myself. It made a lot of guys respect what you're doing. Yeah. You that much, all the moto dudes. So you went to trials races, so you said, I want to do this full-time. I mean, you still did trials events, but... You came and rode more enduro crosses, did that. When did you start getting really good and say, hey, I could probably win some of these things? Yeah, I felt like I had potential to be good at it, but at the time, Taddy was just so dominant. It was ridiculous. He was, you know, pretty far ahead of everyone else, but, you know, with someone that high up, everyone's shooting for him, eventually Get better. people start getting there. Yeah. And uh, 2010 was the year I won my trials championship, and Gas Gas just gave me a like a magazine bike that they had just to go do it that was like kind of a clapper 250 right and i went to all the events but one and i got like top 10 in the championship but the final race of the year i got on the podium in third mm-hmm. and then i signed with beta to do yeah that's uh, what i'm saying enduro cross and trials for them and you know i i rode a lot of trials in 2011 but i just Never, like, was quite as gnarly on the beta trials bike for some reason as I was the year before. 
It kind of went backwards or something. Just four stroke, two stroke. It was a two stroke. Okay, and I remember we talked about this, and I was at I was going to buy a trials bike. And I'm like, hey, should I get a four stroke or two stroke? And you're like, yeah, two stroke probably better. Yeah, two strokes for the trials bikes for sure. I think. Yeah, but I had my one year where I just was like unstoppable on that gas gas, and then I've just been slowly dropping off ever since. So was it more bike related than you think? I don't know. Just you know, I was messing with the bike a lot, trying to get it to react like I was on the gas gas so yeah. I mean the beta was still super good bike I just struggled with a couple of things but then you know they built me a custom one off bike for enduro cross it was a two speed and um dude okay so that thing I rode when I was at dirt rider your beta your enduro two cross stroke, bike the four stroke the yeah four that was stroke. the the 2012 one and I think that was a two speed or three speed two speed Dude, it I think was, it was pretty like a tractor, right? That like, was a great. I wanted to buy it, and I told Stillwell, "Can I buy this?" And he's like, "Yeah, I have someone interested. I don't know if it, it'll work, but it was really fun to ride. It was like super easy to ride, really hard. Didn't have any like cough stall issues, even with no. being carbureted. Right, it was great. Like that was a good bike for sure. I mean, it was just that was your championship was, winning year, right? Yeah, I, I won. Thought that was two it. years. I won on the two stroke in twenty fourteen. Okay. But that 2012 four-stroke was definitely a solid bike, and and then uh, they came out with their two-stroke in 13, and you know the, the four-stroke had a good motor on it. I felt like it uh, it just pulled so good, but it just you know the weight was quite a bit more than the other manufacturers. Right. So let's talk a little bit about that because you went back and forth, two-stroke, four-stroke, four-stroke, two-stroke, and it seems like. When Taddy was on something, people would try to gravitate towards that, and then you came into play, and then you would have a four-stroke. People would say, oh, four-stroke's where it's at. I'm going to go four-stroke next year, and then it would hop back and forth. Is Why do you think people go back and forth that much in Endurocross versus, like, moto? Everyone's just like, four-stroke is where it's at. Yeah, I, I think the with off-road, it's still... The two-stroke, I think, is an awesome option. Mm-hmm. And I prefer it for almost all the races i do and i'm on a 350 again now but to be honest you know if it was enduro cross tracks from a couple years ago i'd probably still be on the two-stroke but you know uh 2017 2016 there was just a lot of like high risk techie jumps that were sketchy and i just feel more comfortable jumping the 350 and off the starts i wanted the 350 because it seems like uh Mistakes weren't being as made as much in enduro cross. The tracks weren't as tricky. Right. But, you know, for sure, a couple of years ago, the two-stroke for me was, like, the hot ticket I won. In 2013, I won three of the last four races after I broke my foot. And I potential- I only lost the championship by 11 points, and I missed a race. Right. And then in 2014, I had a really good year. And that was the first championship I won on that two-stroke. And that bike was sick. That bike was... Is that a 300? It was a 300 Beta. Yeah. And that bike was... I don't know. We had that thing working really good for Enduro Cross stuff. And then, you know, I made a kind of a quick switch in hopes of getting on the factory KTM team and rode for RPM for a year. And it actually took me a little bit longer to figure out that 300 XC. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just took me a bit longer to get comfortable on i think i was just so used to being on the bait at the last four years 
and then I had the KTM guys build the motor that on that bike for me. Oh yeah. It was freaking ridiculous. Too fast. It was so fast. <laughs> I like at the beginning of the year to the end of the year, I had, I just turned it into a snail cause I couldn't control the You're thing. Like, Dude, detune, detune, yeah, detune. Like, you guys just build me a bike to race two stroke nationals at Glen Hill and not, Dude, I'm not telling you right now, I was a test rider for KTM back in 03, 04 and some of 05. And I was racing Supercross, and they're like, hey, Kiefer, I have a new engine spec. We're going to try it. And it was a 125. I'm like, okay. And it was so freaking fast. I couldn't even believe it. I was over jumping shit. <laughs> I was rolling stuff. And it wasn't even my big bore yet when they when I got on that. But I'm like, dude, this is a too much bike. Like, I can't believe it. Like, KTM can do a lot of crazy shit <laughs> yeah. with engines. So I can see that happening. Um, so... Last year, not this year, I'm sorry, well, two years ago, you lost your championship to Colton. Yep. Um, you had an injury? No, nah, I just, I got out. I thought road. you had a little aggravating something going on or something, though. Um, yeah, I've dealt with, like, feet issues throughout the years, but, I mean, when I put a boot on, it's really not... Not an issue. ...that big of a deal. I just, uh, you know, I think Colton wanted it more, and, you know, I... Had won two in a row. I, I don't really feel like I slacked off. I still felt like I rode really good in 2016. Um, you know, Colton's always been super fast. I think he just nailed down the consistency that year. And, um, you know, bike-wise, I think I was always kind of, like, scratching and looking for something more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you come after practice, start messing with clickers and do this and that. And I feel like... Because I... Basically, in 2016, I... I won the championship 15 with RPM on the right. two stroke. Yeah. And then two weeks later, I went to Europe and started out on a 250F. And the tracks are a little bit tighter, so maybe it was better. Yeah. But I won the first two races on the 250F. Like, I had ridden a four stroke since 2012. And then uh, I had a big get off at the third round and had one bad moto finish. I still finished third overall. But then two, and then I won. I think I won the next race in Brazil, and then that next next race was in Prague, and I freaking went over the handlebars in second place, and I couldn't get my bike started again. And when I crashed, I jacked up my kill switch. Oh, okay. So I lost all points right there. Yeah. And then I won the final round, but all the points I lost, it just it screwed me and Colton beat me by like two points in that Super Enduro Championship. And then we didn't mess, and I think the bike worked really good for Super Enduro on those tighter, more jacked-up tracks. And yeah. I went to AMA, and everything's kind of, like, faster, more wide open, and better prepped. And I was just, like, searching for more on the bike and always messing with clickers. And If there's one thing that you would want on an and people out there that don't know Enduro Cross, what's the most important thing for you on an Enduro Cross bike? Like, the, what do you need? The, you need a gummy tire if you're going to ride. So that, I mean, cross. Gummy tire alone is just like having factory suspension. Right, yeah. And I I concur. I used to ride Endurocross with just a MX-32 or 3S, whatever you want to call it. and It's impossible. Dude, it is <laughs> bad. And then I got a gummy. I'm like, what was I thinking? You're like, wow, I'm really good at this all of a sudden. Yeah. What did I do? So if you could just stock motor, stock everything, just put the tire on. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be the biggest thing you can do. So you win, you win this year. You and Colton, um, obviously, 
you've had some run-ins with each other. People kind of, you know, especially here when we did on Pulp MX, we had you and Colton on. You know, Colt likes to hype it up a little bit with your guys' beef, but um, off the track, you guys are cool and not, not really a big issue. I mean, I'm sure you guys aren't the same type of people. I I know you both, and you're both different, but I know uh, both of you personally, you're not, you're not shit stirrers, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the beginning of this year in Enduro Cross, it got off to a rough start for sure. And I was just more annoyed than anything about, like, the circumstances that happened at Vegas. And, um, you know, I got, I mean, I, I didn't get fully cleaned out, but it was, like, in a qualifying race, like, right, third right. lap in. I was like, really? Like, this is... I don't know, I wasn't happy about it, but whatever, you know, stuff happens. And then in the main, got hit again. I went down again. And I was like, all right, well, just Reno, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah. And, um, you know, but then he got his elbow messed up. So I, just the beginning of the year was really tough. You know, I I think he was trying to play Mr. Tough Guy. Yeah. and Try to get in your head a little bit, I think a little mind games? Yeah, trying to play mind games, and then I just shut it all out. I just did my own deal after, the, after that, and I just worried about myself. And, you know, I had my team manager, you know, just saying stuff like, hey, don't be posting anything. And, you know, I just made it act like it wasn't a big deal and right. not bothered me. And, you know, I just put my head down, and, and uh, obviously... It, it worked out yeah. and you know it was for me it felt like the roles were reversed from the year before like I was the one messing with clickers trying to make my bike better and we'd come out after practice and I would pretty much be like usually at the fastest time in practice and I won every single hot lap this year which I think is like the first time anyone's done that because in practice we have like hot lap for qualifying right, yep, yep. and you know I'd see him come after it, come back after every practice messing with his bike and that only helped my confidence right so as a fan watching, you and Colt are so far ahead of everyone. And I know there's other kids coming up that are good, but I'm telling you, when I sit here and watch the TV and, you know, me and my kid are watching it and you get a bad start, you fall, you happen to fall in the first corner, I'm like, it don't matter, dude. Like, yeah. you're, you're coming back, you're going to win, especially when Colt left. I was like, well, for the fans, like, there goes the series because there's no one on your level. I mean, you guys lap up to third place which is retarded to me. Like, and the third place guy is good. It's not like he's not any good. Hey, commercial time. Thanks for listening. If you guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, get some hats, shirts, hoodies, be a moto fan, be an off-road fan, go check out ruddedracing.com or if you guys are on Instagram, at ruddedracing. Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. They're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Rutted Racing or RuttedRacing.com right now. It's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a rutted racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Also, don't forget, you know what's coming after rutted racing? ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know what's cool? Free stuff. You know that? Order 12 tees, get 10 free t-shirts. When you order 12, 
Buy a dozen, get ten. Screenprintingdone.com. They produce t-shirts, hoodies, hats, everything. You need t-shirts for your employees? Do you need t-shirts for your track? Or maybe a party you're having. You're having an Anaheim One party? Make us some t-shirts. Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know who else goes to ScreenPrintingDone.com? The 7 Deuce Deuce. I feel like he took ScreenPrintingDone.com from me. But nonetheless, he knows where to go, right? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. That's where I get all my Kiefer Inc. testing shirts. Go over there. Check them out. Mention Kiefer. When you order 12, get 10 for free. Later. So you and Colton are on a different level. We were talking about how you guys are just lapping up the third place. And to me, like when Colton got hurt, it just kind of left a void in the series because we knew that you were going to take it and win. And there was no one really to challenge you. Even though, granted, the guys that were behind you, third, fourth, fifth, all great riders, but just not your level. Why do you think you guys are on such a different level than everyone else? I think a big part of it is just the mental side of things. I mean, these young kids are training hard. Like one of them, I had come and stay at my house, Tristan Hart from Canada, and he—he's uh, actually stepped it up. He stepped year. it up, and I honestly feel like the beginning of the year they were back, like not even kind of ready. And then once Colton got hurt, all of a sudden I was actually feeling pressured by Tristan and Ty Tremaine, and like earlier in the year it wasn't even really a factor. Right. So I think mentally they're like oh wow i can get i can push harder I can, I can potentially win if colton has a bad or cody has a bad night so i think mentally that helped strengthen them and make them try harder and 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 they were riding much better at the end of the year than like midway to the right. end of the year than the beginning of the year but i think in terms of sheer skills i mean colton and i rode trials together a bunch and you know i grew up only riding trials and you know, just the three or four years, or whatever he was riding trials, he he put in a lot of hard work riding with me all the time, and um, you know, I think just sheer bike skill in regards to the trial stuff, we have an advantage so over like, those other guys. Right. So, who do you think's the next guy coming up besides you and Cole? I mean, who do you think is the next couple guys that are going to challenge you? You know, I I kind of like Tristan Hart's style, and he's super dedicated and, and motivated kid and he's he's doing too much in regards to training he came to stay at my house we did a a national hair scramble on sunday and i sucked a bunch of dirt through my two-stroke and yeah. kind of ended my day early but he won it three hours or so of racing and then the next day he went on an eight mile run and a mountain bike ride i was like dude you're destroying <laughs> your body like you're lucky you're not my age or you wouldn't even be able to walk tomorrow but what's awesome is you're at home not doing that right and still killing yeah and i'm sure you train you go on long yeah i go on training i'm like i'm not doing something that's going to hurt myself and impede my performance at the race i mean that's that's too much i think even alden baker would say you're doing too much what's funny i just made me think of a story so i have some buddies that used to stay at wyndham's house when wyndham was racing and they were just privateer kids and the privateer kids would be out motoring and riding and hey we're going to go on runs and so Wyndham would ride a little bit, maybe not much, and then just be in the house drinking Dr. Peppers. So the kids would be like... With with uh, Captain too? Or? Yeah, maybe, yeah. possibly. <laughs> so the kids would be like, all right, we're going to go on a run. Kevin, are you going to go with us? And he's like, no, nah, we're good. So the kids would bail from the house and go on a run. So the, he would purposely come outside and get an ice chest 
full of Dr. Pepper and just hang out. And so the kids would come back all sweaty and it's humid outside. He's just sipping on his DP, he doesn't care. And he's like, they'll kick his ass later on. I'm like, that's that, so awesome. That sounds exactly what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I remember early, like beginning of last year, some kids came down or riding with me before King of Motos. And we had just like, I have this one really gnarly creek trail and it's it's nasty, but I enjoy it. And I thought like one of the kids was just going to hit his breaking point and just fall apart. Like <laughs> he looks smoked, like helmet off, like steam pouring. And his brother was making fun of him saying he usually never sweats. <laughs> That's good. And then we get back to the house and I'm like, I feel like I want a Red Bull. So I just go to the fridge and I crack open a Red Bull. And he, he honestly thought I was drinking water. I'm like, what? I mean, I can have a rebel. Like, yeah, it's all I good. need this thing. I need some sugar oh, to re- recover See, after. That's a good day. mental game right there, just doing shit like that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Erzberg a little bit and Romaniacs and the hard Enduros. Um, and I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm maybe not be up on the whole off-road thing, but there is an Extreme Enduro Series coming up this year. Is that what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I guess there's American Hard Enduro Series and... They're kind of like qualifiers, I think, for TKO, which has kind of set itself. So that's as, here in America they're doing that. Yeah, they're doing that. And then um, there's a, some new series called West World Enduro Super Series, and that's a mixture of normal enduro, classic enduro, sand race, and a couple of those extreme enduros in Europe. Um, Erzberg, best you ever did was second. Yeah. What's it going to take for you to win? You're going back this year. I Honestly, I felt like I could have won last year, and then something... I just started riding like a little wimp, basically. I'd, my arms got so pumped up, I couldn't even pull the front brake in on the downhills. It, I was just riding danger. I couldn't even ride. It was hmm. terrible, and I was just so amped up in the beginning of the race, I think I couldn't recover. And I barely got through the first bit of Carl's Dinner, that really insane rock garden so section. It's dinner or diner? Who knows? I just Okay, because I hear both sides. I, it says one and there's two ends sometimes. They, they don't know how to spell in German or something. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, Carl's Diner, dinner, okay. We yeah, got it. Carl's Rock Garden. Yeah. Um, and I like I got passed by like dudes who weren't even like trialsy dudes. And I got, I finished the first bit and I just stopped and I talked to my mechanic cause he was there cause he was pretty close to the fuel pit stop. I'm like, I need to hang out. Like, I, I just need to cool down. I can't, I'm going to hurt myself trying to ride when I'm so pumped up like this. Like this is some sketchy stuff. And right. usually like after Carl's rock gardens, mm-hmm. um, there's not really many position changes. And I ended up coming from like eighth to third to the finish and I was still ready to go and want more. I just, I I felt like I had the speed to win and, you know, I was still physically fit at the finish probably because I just rode like a sissy for 45 minutes, but... You got Graham Jarvis. Yeah. Who else is the guy there? Jarvis. Um, Taddy. I think Taddy... Oh, Taddy wasn't right? there, but Taddy's back. So Taddy is back to racing full-time again, Moto? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you just gave up the car thing and... Yeah, I don't know. I guess so. So is he coming here for Endurocross? No, he won't be here for Endurocross. Okay. But he'll be there for the hard Enduro yeah, stuff in he's, Europe? Yeah, he's... Doing everything he's doing in Europe, so and who's the other KTM guy that's really Johnny Walker? Walker, really yeah, and then Alfredo Gomez won. Is there something that those year. dudes have that maybe you don't, or that you learned from them? Um, I think they were all more. I mean, for sure, Taddy and Jarvis were better trials rider than I was. Alfredo was a little bit better than me. I grew up competing against him. Johnny was a little bit younger, so I never remembered riding trials against him, but they're all just really good trials riders and you know they're fit and this it's all they do and 
is and then you know now they're doing that super enduro stuff too but so they're specialized i think they're yeah they're so specialized i mean i'm definitely specialized too i'm not going to go out and ride a works race and right i think you should though and we want to see this finish top 20 i want you to come down here and ride some moto with me oh yeah maybe well so it makes you feel a little bit well, you probably you probably smoke me on moto too that, no, really would, oh, no. that really would crush my dreams <laughs> i can ride an enduro cross track like a like a boss but i get like arm pump two pumps two tread two laps in on a moto track two pump jump web. <laughs> yeah, two pump jump web. So, I, I won't even hit like a i mean i'll hit some triples maybe well I, t- according to gary sutherland he said he saw you ride moto and he said you're ripping yeah, except he destroyed my muffler on my bike. What, did he T-bone you? <laughs> on accident. <laughs> I'm sure. That's no, what he it, says. It was on accident. <laughs> I, can, I can vouch for that. But that makes me feel good because he, he, he was going really fast. Um, Romaniacs, you're going to do it for the first time this year. Yep, I'm excited to go there for that. And uh, I don't know why. It's torture. But. That's what I hear. So, again, Chris Dennison went and did this, and he says it's not just one day of hell. It's, what is it, five days? I think it's six days. Six days, but one of them is a prologue, and it's like. And even the town. prologue looks sketchy in the street with yeah, all the shit they sketchy. build. But I mean, it's only you know fifteen minutes versus right all day long. So I think it's four days of absolute shit. Is that something that you love and you look forward to stuff like that? I like riding that stuff and going out and doing it, but like not for five hours straight right. or potentially seven. Even like it, it can last seven hours at that Jeez. race in a day. Yeah. So what is, okay, let's, let's paint this picture right now. Cody Webb's perfect day, okay? Let's start from the time you wake up. Don't leave anything out for the people out there, okay? <laughs> We're talking, it doesn't have to be a race. Cody Webb's perfect riding day. You wake up, what, what, what goes on in this day? What's your perfect so, day? I got this place I go ride at that's like not really legal anymore, okay. but it's, it's really amazing. Okay. And it's... Let's, let's, let's back it up. You're, you're already jumping the gun. Oh, sorry. You're waking up. What are you eating? I want to know what you're having for oh, breakfast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get perf- there. Give me your perfect day. Like, does your lady lay out your clothes? I want to know every detail of what goes on. Well, when I go to this place, I I wake up really early. Okay, because you're excited. Because I'm excited, and usually go with some buddies. Okay. So you know, I wake up. Usually, my lady's still sleeping. She's like, oh, "Why are you going so early?" Like, <laughs> My perfect day, or she'd be like, "Okay, like I'm so excited for you, babe." Okay, I'll there you go. Okay, she's happy. So I'm yep. turning around compared to normal. Yep. Um, and then um, you know, I'll say bye to my my dogs and be like, "All right, see, see you boys later." Okay. Yeah. Hold down the fort. Yep. When I'm gone, and uh, just go out in the garage quickly, load everything up. Yep. And uh, usually, I go meet my buddies at the Safeway, kind of the last little bit of civilization. Yep. And get to Safeway and. Usually I'll get like one of their very healthy breakfast burritos. Oh yeah, which probably aren't that salsa. Healthy. I'll put some salsa. Yeah. And I I don't. I usually get just like their chipotle aioli sauce or something. Oh, that sounds good too. Yeah, and then I'll get a sandwich at the same time for later in the day. Nice. And then when I and then I'll usually get Starbucks there because there's Starbucks in the Safeway. Oh yeah, just so got I need all coffee. Right there. And then uh, I'll get. I get three of the liter jugs of water, not like the gallon ones, because that's too big, because I, I, I stash fuel in my Camelback. Okay. So I get three liter ones of water, and then I go to the checkout stand, and then they have the candy there. Yeah. I always get a Snickers. Ooh. A little and then, bump for the trail. Yeah, 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 you need trail bump. Yeah. And then 
I never eat Skittles, but when I go to this place, I just, for some reason, that's the only time I ever eat Skittles because some, someone did that once, and then now it's like Not my tradition. tradition. Okay. So I get sour Skittles and normal oh, Skittles. Oh my God, dude, sour Skittles are good. And then I check out, and usually it's like, yeah. 20 bucks. Whatever it is, yeah. Yeah. All right, so now you're, you're on your way. You so got now your Skittles, we're you got ready Starbucks. to go, and then, you know, a lot of times people like will compile into one, like, yeah, like, yeah. So you're not driving like it's it's a barge down to this place. Okay. It's usually early in the morning we're going. So it's hard to find. Yes. Okay. Good. That's a good news. Yes. And uh, barge down there. Usually bullshit about like you know how awesome you used to be in high school, <laughs> and I wasn't that awesome. How many chicks you pulled? All this yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I see you know, some you reminiscing gotta, going so you, on. You gotta like right you gotta brag it up and like really make it sound good. Yeah, you're with the guys, of course. Yeah. You gotta do that. And then, uh, <laughs> so then you get there, and like hopefully it's like almost like usually I'm going in the winter because like dirt's pretty dirt's wet. Yeah, okay, yep. Of and course. This place is like I whenever I try to explain it to people in the wintertime, it's like snowboarding on your dirt bike. Like you get on these bald, bald mountains. Yeah. And it's like crazy weird loamy old mine dirt, and you can just like carve your way down the hills really? and go climb up and so much awesome stuff. And then there's awesome creeks down there and unfortunately i didn't have a two-stroke at home the last two times i went and i had to ride my 350 and so two it's stroke a two-stroke is a weapon place. of choice yeah there? it's my weapon at least so three hundo well now i'm on the 250 because the tpi bike oh so we're gonna talk about that too maybe well anyways yeah two-stroke is the weapon of choice and there's awesome creeks there and mm. some cool natural jumps here and there i think tyler bierman had a little shot a of his real moto edit in that okay. at that place it's like a secret place, but everyone knows that people ride there. You so when it rains at up in Norco, which it rains more up there than it does down here in SoCal. Yeah, we have to actually have gutters on our houses. Yeah, I know. Unlike us, yeah, we don't have that. Um, that's the first thing you think about going. At. Yeah, I'm excited to go to this place and ride all day. And then, like I said, um, when I fill my water up, like the camel back up, um, you know, I, I put a little fuel in there and yeah. clean it out, and then I bring fuel with me on the camelback and you know you just pour some in the tank when you're out there and then i like it and then store it because you know you can't just and it's leave, not all you can't extreme leave your shit out there. right i mean and if oh I there's go a lot of you, stuff for normal people to okay ride. so if i go with you i'm not gonna die yeah but but i like to ride that extreme stuff right so you can I, go with someone else who's there okay so if i go with you you're like we're gonna go on down some shit yeah i'm not gonna make it too bad i i know how to cater to like like two or three of my buddies like we'll go there and like uh, mitch carvall from arizona came out oh yeah I know we, that rode, guy. we rode some stuff before erzberg and he he looked like he was pretty worked yeah and then i took one of my other buddies and he just looked destroyed yeah and he was like oh like is that like normally what you ride down here in terms of hardness and i was like well we actually didn't ride any of the hard stuff i do everything oh. we did was like my transfers to get to the hard spots. Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, I'm staying away then. I'll stick to the high des. It wasn't that you would have enjoyed that ride. Oh boy. So anyway, okay, that's Cody Webb's perfect there. I like the. Oh, Hold and on. then oh, okay, on, on the way back. So usually, like someone hopefully will bring like a six pack of beer. So then, like when you're oh, so you're on the tailgate. So you're yeah, you're on the tailgate and like everyone's like taking off their gear. Yeah, and everyone has a, a beer one. there. Yeah, and then you load up. And then you take off, and then there's just like this one one random bar in the middle of nowhere that all these like ranchers go to. Yep. So then you go there and you eat peanuts, and you get another quarter's draft for two dollars. That's your go-to. Two dollar 
Coors, Coors on draft. I mean, it's the only thing they have on tap. All right. This is like a rinky dink. Yeah, I'm not. So. I'm not. A, I'm not a beer drinker, so I have no idea. But like, I'd imagine it would taste good if it's on draft, right? I don't know. Yeah, just a long day. And it's With only two dollars. Yeah, two bucks. You know, you go to San Francisco, you're gonna spend nine dollars for a beer. That's true. And you know, you gotta wear like. And then your... you come back home, and your and your chick's still happy. Oh, oh yeah. So how was your day, right? Yeah, and then like you know, hopefully. It's not too late, so like maybe like dinner will be ready or something. Oh, yeah. Or if it's too late, then I'll stop off my buddies and you know get get like a little taco shack, like street taco style stuff. Yeah, I like it. I gotta come up for your perfect day if it rains. I'm going up there. I don't usually have ice cream, but you know, I guess <laughs> ice cream would be a good. Well, I thing. do like that you're fast as shit. You train, but also you eat. You're not like some starving kid going yeah. racing, right? I mean, I. I eat healthy. It's not like I'm eating Snickers Yeah, but I'm saying day. if you want a Snickers every night, you're not going like, oh, I can't do that right now. Yeah, no, I'll have, I feel kind of like, I feel like Ken Roxon does whatever he wants, yeah. but he still works hard. He probably works harder than I do. I mean, it's part of the reason why you work hard, so you can kind of eat some of that shit every now and again, right? Yeah, right. I guess so. Yeah. Okay, I like to enjoy myself. Not every day is like, go out and d- destroy yourself. But see, I like to hear that kind of stuff from you, because, I mean, on the outside looking in... You're just a reserved, nice, relaxed dude, but it's kind of nice to know what your perfect day would be. You can cut a little loose, drink beer with your homies. I like that. Yeah, uh, nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the TPI bike. So I have ridden the the Husky version, obviously, but uh, you've been riding the KTM version, and so what do you think? I'm pretty impressed with it. I think it's not quite 100% there yet, but it also wasn't 100% there when they had their Makuni carb on that new chassis also. Right. But, you know, for me, I think it's really awesome in the fact that now, I mean, I have a, I'm fortunate enough to have a 350 in the garage and a two-stroke, and I just need one can of fuel for both bikes. That is crazy. Which is pretty cool. It take you a while to, to like, actually pour it in there, like, oh, boy. I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Because <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't got one at home. Like, I just, I, I did that rev limiter race a couple weeks ago in Texas, and yeah. that was the first time. I rode it the day before the race. Oh, wow. And then, uh, so that's why we, I came down early and now I'm hanging out here. Yeah. Look at this oasis. Yes. Lovely Hesperia. <laughs> so do you think TPI is the future for what type of racing you're, I mean, let's put it this way, extreme races. I think it is. And you know, I think a big part of it isn't necessarily cause it's better or worse. It's just in terms of, you know, how, uh, environmentalists look at us dirt bikers and we got to keep them happy to keep our lands and where we're riding right and in europe it's a big it's a really big issue i guess they're cracking down even harder and like the the exes which is the xcw here but the exe in europe isn't even wasn't even they basically had to um use that tpi right, right. to make it sell the bikes so um you know i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing when it's going to be perfected i mean you look at how long uh, fuel injected on the four strokes were right. temperamental those yep. first you know four years or whatever it was and it's bitching that KTM uh, I'm not going to sit here and talk great about KTM all the time but like they advance two stroke technology they work on it they look at things and they develop things they're super smart guys their four stroke te- technology is insane um, the factory edition is a great bike and you have all these weapons of choice for you to your access you know to your yeah, availability so cool. yeah so um, I, I, you know, I just wish, you know, I, I love KTM. I bleed orange, obviously. Yeah. It's not that they pay me to say that. Like, I obviously, it's a great bike, and like, yeah. there's so many options, and you know, I, I'd love to see other manufacturers come out with like 
race ready. Yeah, and I think KTM's forcing those stuff. people to do that. You yeah, know, I they have that. to now. Like Yamaha's got right. their new model coming out. Um, Honda came out with that X or yeah. whatever, that new RX or whatever. Yeah, the RX. But I think this, I talked about this in my podcast. You wouldn't know because you don't listen to it. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> jab, jab. I do think that KTM is evolving the game and it's forcing Japanese manufacturers and other manufacturers to up their game, which in return makes it so much better for the consumer. We're all getting badass bikes. Yeah, right, definitely. You know? So I think it's great. So you have two more years on your contract. You yep. signed a new deal? Yeah, for 18, 19. And that is for Enduro Cross and Extreme Enduro? Yeah, basically what I'm... Do we know the Enduro Cross schedule yet? Uh, we're going to find out very soon. I saw a tentative schedule, and I put that all on my calendar, and I was told that uh, some of it's still the same, but I think we're bringing back some old rounds, and we're bringing in some new rounds. Are we, are we keeping the tracks the same, or are we keeping them like moto-ish? I don't know that one. Yeah. I do not know the answer to that. I feel like as much as we did at Pulp to bring moto guys in there, they were scared to go. Um, I know. The only a few guys went, and... Did they I, enjoy themselves, or no? Alex Ray loved it. No yeah. matter how many times he ate shit, he loved doing it. He looked really fast down the straightaway, and then and then he would bubble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Colton Ack didn't, wasn't too stoked on it. He said it was harder than he thought, but uh, um, but they both enjoyed it. I just feel like Endurocross should be a little bit tougher. Um, I know that may not be as good for other people, because you and Colt are so yeah. gnarly with that kind of I stuff. Get, you know, I guess we already kind of have Arena Cross... Which is similar in style, like size tracks and whatnot. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, if people want to go to that, they'll check that stuff out. And if they want to come see us and see some carnage, but they're not as really as much carnage. And I feel like there was more injuries this year because, cause like, sketchy jumps lead to sketchy get-offs, I guess. Yeah, and I don't know the numbers for the Enduro Cross Series, but I feel like when the tracks were harder, it... it created more of a crowd like this year was kind of soft to me um for you know people at the races so yeah i think it helps spike interest when it's tough like that and then you know they took over new ownership like right before the series even started right with the whole change from yeah yeah, bonnier so um i think right off the bat it struggled a little bit so i think we're gonna be looking forward to a good uh, 2018, like especially with the rivalry and adding some more yeah. different events, and then I think we're going to be doing some of the races are supposed to be in conjunction with other things to help. You know, oh, good. If there's people already there, might as well come and check out what we're doing. Absolutely. And then I don't know if Enduro Cross gave you their official invite, but there's some ride day. Yeah, I heard about that. I don't know if I'm wanted around um, those parts because of uh, the dirt rider thing, but uh, I did hear about that, and I got invited from another party. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but I, you know, I did hear about that, and I guess they're going to do it over at some ranch up down yeah, here, down mo- south? Yeah, it's Moto Ventures, right across the street from Kauia. Okay. But, um, you know, I said to register, and I was like, I texted them, I'm like, hey, do I, do I really need to register for this? Or can I just... Right. But here's the thing, like, I'm a fan of Endurocross. I respect the riders. I've done it, so I know how hard it is. What sucks is they watch you and Colton, and even other riders. It doesn't look hard, dude. And then you see the... I give all the props to the chicks when they do it. Yeah. And they're busting their ass out there, but people are laughing. I'm like, dude, you have no idea how gnarly it is. We're just, like, pounding laps because the track's gotten a little bit easier. It just... 
turns into, you know, like once you figure out a supercross rhythm, like, yeah, it can get sketchy with the ruts here and there, but yeah. usually you can nail your lines pretty consistently if the tracks aren't too tough. Ah, dude, that's what I have to struggle with too. It's just, there'd be a 10 foot gap and there's a log on each side and if it was a moto double, it would be no big deal, but <laughs> yeah. I can't. I'm scared, dude. I'm so scared. Yeah, that's why I started riding the four-stroke, just because it's a little bit easier to jump it for some reason. Oh, man. Okay, last last thing I wanted to, I've been keeping you here, but the state of off-road racing. I started kind of a shitstorm last week on my Instagram about Gary. He's my buddy. I saw that post. Yeah, he doesn't have a ride, or he lost his ride. Suzuki came in and helped him out. But where do we stand here with off-road racing? What do we as guys that are involved and as the industry need to do to bring more money into off-road racing it's so weird i mean you look at the crazy numbers that supercross brings in and like i know not all those guys are making a kill them but the top guys are they're living large for sure and i don't know if it's just feld has done a good job with the promotion of the series but i know they're trying to expand it i hear all the rumors about that and you know the manufacturers definitely have a pretty big hold and just yeah but we talk riders. about this we think you know most of the consumer is a trail based yeah. consumer off road right so yeah so you know it's it's so weird to me cuz that's a huge thing i know tv numbers blah 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 you know x games was a huge deal but like honestly i don't even watch x games anymore cuz it either. doesn't interest me yeah nothing cuz it turned into just a sponsor plug right and it seems like a bro fest to me. Yeah, people want to see like the racing, the action. They don't. No one really. I don't know. No one wants to just kind of kind of keep seeing brands right. all over the screen, everything branded. People just want to see racing, and you know, being on television it helps. But somehow the TVs they, they have to pay for it in one way, so everyone's doing ads and stuff. But with off road, it's tricky because you know it's we're living in such a phone-based social yeah. media thing we want our stuff now we want to see it now and yeah. it's you know in a desert race you leave your fuel can out there <laughs> yeah. you're lucky to get your fuel can by like midnight you know and the, the fuel can truck comes back but you know i think another thing that i just don't understand how and why the dollars go to uh the motocross side of things because the amount of people that you know on the over thanksgiving go to jawbone or yeah um you know, by me, Stonyford, I don't know the areas across the country, parks, but, right, you know, yeah. there's so many people with off-road bikes and quads and even now UTVs. Yeah. It's insane. Like, that, all that money, um, you know, so many of those consumers are off-road based and not necessarily moto and supercross. I mean, it's, it's crazy how like all the big dollars is going to those guys, but just because it's kind of TV and ad time more yep. than like the. Hopefully. I mean, true. I'm, I'm not going to like say like Supercross isn't true or core of the sport, but right. you know, you watch on any Sunday, and was that even in there? I, right. But the thing is, too, not everyone go ride a Supercross track. You know, when they watch you ride or they you know they follow what you're doing, they can go do that same type of stuff. Yeah. So to I me, think it's, it's really relatable. cool on social media like i get tagged in little videos like dads like their kids don't even have an instagram yet and they like tag me like oh you know parker wanted to be like at cody web too here he is in the backyard and it's like some kid on a pw50 like riding over logs and sticks. yeah absolutely i mean my kid was the same way about you like he had an, an osit to touch electric tri we built an enduro cross course in the backyard 
same thing. He's like, I'm Cody Webb, you know? So that's, it's all relatable. And I just feel like manufacturers need to grab onto this and and give a little bit more money out there for these core types of people, you know? So And, and it's tough because KTM and Husky are pretty much the only Correct. solid, reliable factory teams to ride for right now in the off-road world. So, you know, they have control of the market and what everyone gets. And, you know, it's tough to go shopping as a rider to see what your other options are. There's not that many options. Um, yeah. What are you going to do? You're just going to get, um, you know, a, a bike or two from another manufacturer. And they're like, here you go. Go find yourself a title sponsor. And it's yeah. like, all right, well, let me go find like Jack and Jim's roofing. Yeah. Johnny's down bump the down the road. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's where Gary's at. I just feel bad for him. And, you know, so hopefully, you know, Hair and Hound Championship and works. And I worry about the kids that look up to guys like Gary and even guys like you. And then they don't see Gary at the races. They're like, man, what am I even busting my ass for when that guy's not out there? So yeah, it's that's super super good point. And it's I, I guess you know I I grew up in the trials world, so it's like really lame. Yeah, so exactly. I feel like I'm really special, <laughs> yeah. but you know, at the grand scheme of things, it's. Uh, you know that you got to have someone to look up to for the kids and keep pushing and have the sport grow yeah all right guys well well thank you for doing this i'm giving you some dinner tonight or heather is i'm not but thanks for doing this so uh so tell us what's your social at cody web 2 at cody web 2 and on that's on instagram and he's doing twitter is cody web underscore two I started a new website. You don't even go on Twitter. I know. I just... Okay, I'll shut up. I like your things. You, I, I see you comment on something like, holy shit, he's on Twitter. Like, you never go on Twitter. I, I think you're the <laughs> only thing I respond to because I like your points. <laughs> and then uh, I started a website, cw2racing.com. Oh, cool. So uh, I'm too busy this year, but I'm debating doing like um, just like kind of generic off-road, more of like skills training instead of like just like going as fast as you can but like yeah. practice technique. basics technique yeah. yeah so uh i might start doing that next year just to I'm like i'm gonna take that class next time just because i want to help help people and yeah help the industry and mm. what about your webisodes that we talked about yes yeah, so um i haven't been staying up to date on that as much as i'd like to i feel like i get sidetracked all the time but uh, go on YouTube. I don't remember my YouTube channel name. But awesome. Good just type job. in Good like, job, Cody. Just type plug in your own shit. Webisodes. It's easy. <laughs> Web Watch my webisodes. I think I've got like eight or nine of so them. So if someone put webisodes, you're going to pop up? I think so. All right. Well, if you're, kid, if you're 12 years old and you do that, don't blame us. Cody okay. Web, webisode. Just put something like that. Yeah, put Cody Enduro, webisodes that do that. Yeah, or Enduro webisode. It should pop up. Well, thank you for doing this. And... We'll get you back up here, do some more of these. But people do actually listen to these things, unlike you. So. <laughs> I, I listen to, to to other podcasts that I need to learn things on. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. Like like you said, I don't need to learn about the new the new Yamaha or no, something. No, you don't. All right, thanks, Cody. All right, thank you.